0: Hey there, and welcome to our podcast. And thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we wanna remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Let's open up God's Word, if you would please, to Matthew chapter 6 once again. Um, God just keeps me close by. The, uh, the, the previous text we've been in, really looking at more of, of the teachings were of Christ, and you know, still on that, um, going through the Sermon on the Mount, uh, we may be segueing here pretty soon to maybe more of the miracles that Jesus did, but we're in a series about following Jesus or follow Jesus, and uh, looking directly at his ministry. Wanting to be rooted and grounded in him, uh, that's how you live out your faith. Well, is is for him to be your foundation and to be rooted into him. And so that is while we're doing this. If you're first time here, uh, hearing this, we are in that series and why. When you to know why we're there. And uh, so Matthew chapter 6 and in verse 24, and we'll read through the remainder of the chapter. All right? So Matthew 6 and verse 24. If you're there, say amen. 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 All right. So Jesus is continuing, all right, his teachings here. And um, verse 24, we'll pick up. It says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one... And love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. In other words, you cannot be a servant of God or a servant of riches. Okay? Therefore, that's why we read verse 24, because there's the therefore in verse 25. Okay? So therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. In other words, stop worrying. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, not yet, um, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the food than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yea, your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, or which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit. In other words, can you add about 18 inches to your stature? All right, That's what a cubit is, unto his, unto his stature. Um, and why take ye thought for, um, for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Neither toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is, Cast into the oven. In other words, they're there for a little while, and the sun cooks them in a sense, and they're gone. Um, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things, do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father. If you're saved, if you're born again, right? You put your faith and trust in Jesus. Listen up. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Okay? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought, or don't worry, for tomorrow, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time together. I pray your blessings on the reading of your word. I pray, Father, you help me just to surrender my mind and heart and voice and just train of thought just to your spirit, and that I'll be completely and fully obedient to you. And I pray each one that's here today, I pray they would uh, not only just hear your words, but they would allow it to take root in their heart. And that they would, if they truly believe it, they will begin to implement that in their life. But I'm thankful, Father, that we are not left just to ourselves to implement this, but you give us your Spirit, which is the enabling power to implement these things. So, Father, we have no reason not uh, to um, flesh these things out. There's great promise in these verses. And I pray the believer will see that and take advantage of that. What a gift it is to go into life without worry, without anxiety. What a blessing. But there's only, the, there's only a narrow road that leads to that result. And I pray that we will get on that today. If there's someone here lost and undone, they've never trusted Jesus, oh, I pray they would see their sin and come running to Christ with repentance and faith in him and be born again. I pray all this in Christ's name and all of God's people said worry no more. Who would like to be on that train? Yeah if you could raise both feet you would have done it right? (laughs) Worry no more. You know if there is an answer to the worry and anxiety of life if there is a way to not worry I think we would all want to take it. You all raised your hands. Why haven't we taken it already? You know it's and it's been in this book for a long time, How Not to Worry, hasn't it? And you know this scripture, but knowing it and believing it, it is two different things. Because your behavior always gives insight to what you truly believe. Some of you are worrying because you're your own worst enemy. Christ is your best friend. And he's standing with open arms, saying, like, Here is the way to not worry and be filled with anxiety. Now, there's a couple questions I want to ask you. How many of y'all said, I'm burning the candle at both ends? You don't have to raise your hand. You would not into to anyway, it looks like. How many of you have ever said, I have so much work, I don't know how I'm going to get it all done? Now, here's a disclaimer. There's other context. There's other reasons why you may say these words. I get that. But I want to speak from the context of, of what we read this morning. What I want to submit to you today that maybe these statements that you are saying repetitively in your life comes from a life that is too focused on the prophets and not a pursuit of God. How many of you are, of you are good at saying no? Most of, most of you, maybe a few of you. But a lot of times our problem is we don't know how to say no. We'll say yes thinking we're invincible. And all you did is wrote you a prescription of more worry and anxiety, right? So maybe this morning you need to take a real good self-examination. Am I I more focused on the pursuit of prophets or the pursuit of God? Uh, If you're worried and filled with anxiety and worry about things he says not to be, that may be driving you to burn the candle at both ends. That may be driving you to have so much work you're not with your family at all could be the reason why you're saying those statements, maybe not exclusively why, but I will cement to you this, uh, this morning that those statements have their place in this context too. Um, you might say, well, I, 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 I do all that, and I still make it for Sunday morning worship. Your body may be here, but your mind is nowhere near here. How can you expect the word of God to get in your heart if you can't receive it into your mind? We need to, this, this, is, this is meddling maybe this morning, but that's okay. God said it's okay. We'll we'll meddle a little bit. Um, Another situation is the mere fact that you're living without contentment. There's another part of this. Why maybe you are running so hard and you're taking your mind and heart away from God and pursuing the wealth, or because you're worried about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, your retirement fund, your kid, what your kid's going to have when you're dead and gone, all these things, you find yourself just not content. That will drive you, dear friend, to anxiety and worry when you embrace um, uncontentment. Discontentment will fill your heart with stress and anxiety. Would you all agree with that? I don't think I'm too far off. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm hitting the mark. Now, Jesus knew very well... Because he created the world, he created the, the time when, how the, when the sun would rise, how long it would be in the air, and when it would set, when the, sun, the moon would come out in the stars. He knew, he knows how much time is in a day. Right? 24 hours in a day doesn't mean you work all 24 hours. But he also knows how much time you need to be with your family, how much time you do need to sleep, how much time you spend eating, and things of that nature. And, and Jesus also knows very well the kind of pursuit, the kind of time you need to be putting in to your job, etc., to provide for your family. I'm not saying provide over and above. I'm just talking about the necessary needs for your family. God knows exactly, no matter what generation people lived in, He knew what it would take to provide for the family and still pursue Him first. He, he knows that even today in 2023. Okay? Now look at verse 24. Jesus makes a bold statement. I mean bold. It's almost like he knows us. It's almost like he's omniscient, which he is, right? You look at verse 24. He says, no man can serve two masters. What Jesus is declaring here is a particular inability of all humankind. That means you. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve riches and serve God. The word serve here is talking about a servant, servanthood, Uh, more so particularly a bond servant. I'm talking about there's ownership. That's the context here. Okay, In Jewish times, they were servants. They could not be a servant of this master of the house and be a servant of the master of the house over there. There had to be one home, one master, one agenda, which into one purpose. You could not serve two masters. And neither can we today. No man can do this, but you're really trying. Some of you are trying really hard. And you may think you're pulling it off for a while until your marriage starts to crumble and until your kids begin to see, you know, you're not home at all. Things start to break down in the family. They break down in your worship. They break down in your pursuit of God. So Christ is saying, listen up, my children. You can't serve two masters. Okay how hard you try or how much you want to coach yourself or think positively, you can't do it. Not Not and be successful at pleasing Him. With all that he's called you to do and the duty he's called you to as a man, woman, whoever you are, you, you will not be successful. Let me give you, and I think I've got this, it's the, the thesis here. I've got this on the screen. This is what Jesus instructed us to, to do today. Stop pursuing a limited resource and start trusting the limitless provider. That's what he's saying. Stop pursuing a limited resource. Right? You get money, the money's gone. Right? You wear clothes for a while, they wear out holes, then they, they've expired. Pursue the, li- pursue the limitless provider. In other words, pursue God. That's what he's saying. I got two points for you this morning. and I'll try to be quick. But I believe we live in, and I include myself there, I've had my own share of anxiety and worries. So I'm not above reproach here, okay? This gets all of us. Um. Number one, trusting God removes worry and anxiety. You may think it's the pill you take. You may think it's, you know, this, that, or the other that removes worry and anxiety. No, it's the pursuit, it's trusting God with your life and provisions. It's fully trusting Him. That is the opening of the gate uh, uh, where you can enter in and push worry out of your life, anxiety out of your life. You may think it's not that simple. It is that simple. You're the one that makes it hard. Because of what you're pursuing. And you still think you need to keep going that direction. You know it's the same way when you, when you were lost and undone as, as, as an unbeliever. You still think you need to go that direction. You made it hard. Salvation is easy. Christ made it easy through the hard work of the cross that he did. But salvation is repentance and faith. But oh how stubborn we are. You're never going to get to heaven unless you trust Jesus. You're never going to escape worry and anxiety without trusting him also. It's not going to happen. Notice what he says here. He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. We read that verse. okay? In verse 25, take no thought for your life. You know what that says? You know what that tells me? That all of us here today are falling prey at some point to this. Worrying. Anxiety. We fall prey to that. Okay? Now, you may say, well, how dare Jesus say such a thing? He doesn't know what I'm going through. He may have lived in the first century, but he has no idea what 2023 does to someone. You may think that. But can I give you a verse of Scripture? Romans 4.15. This is universal of all centuries, ages, it don't matter. The Hebrew writer said this, Hebrews 4.15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So worry, anxiety, sin, all that, that's been around a lot longer than you've been. Jesus is not being insensitive. He's just being an insensitive Savior. No, He's very sensitive to your vulnerability to worry and be anxious. You know, don't you think He was tempted with that? Sure He was. Trying to lead these men, and they would keep you know, messing up, and, hey, I got a kingdom to build, and God's giving me these 12, and, man, they ain't the, sh- you know, you could just think about, you know, Peter denied him, they all forsook him, and, he, sure, there was potential, but Jesus conquered all worry and anxiety. He trusted what his father was going to do with him, and Jesus got it done, and guess where the church is? It's still here. So Jesus never worried, was anxious about the church. He knew that his father uh, he trusted his father. Jesus knows. And see, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you've been given a new man. Who believes that? And, but that new man faces the old tendencies. And so there's a battle. There's a warfare. And so you're going to be tempted, if you're not already, with worry and anxiety about life, the necessities, things of that nature. Jesus knows what the new man needs to battle against the, the worry and anxiety that your old man loved. Or just bathed in all the time. He knows that the new man needs him. He goes on to say, isn't, isn't life more than the necessities? Think about this. What he's saying is this. He, in his heart and mind toward you, life, listen, is more than just the necessities of life. You are a living soul, right? You have a soul, you're heading for eternity. Depending on where you put your faith, you're heading for eternity somewhere, heaven or hell. Isn't life more than just necessities? And you'll find here he talks about that God knows what you need. And so let me give you an illustration. You know, you worry about the necessities of life. Really, maybe you're worrying because you're wanting more than necessities, necessities of life, right? You won't want what the neighbors' got. You won't want what the so-called life of the people you follow on social media have, right? That's why you're maybe a lot of your worry and anxiety will quit pursuing the so-called life everybody else is living, and pursue the one that has a purpose for your life to live for Him. That would help, amen, pursuing Him. But listen, your necessities, food, right, shelter, clothing, those things, your health, that's light lifting for God. It's like, have you ever seen the, um, oh, what's that show? The World's Strongest Man. You ever watch any of that? I haven't watched it a long time. But I mean, they're lifting cars, they're pulling buses, they're lifting up boulders. And, you know, they'll pay for that later on for sure, <laughs> trying to do that. But you see them heavy lifting. They're lifting up cars. Your, your needs, your necessities to your life, is like God lifting up just a three-pound weight. It's light work. Because we're talking about the God that holds, that's created everything and holds everything to where, where it is. He all things consist because of him. Do you think what you need to wear, what you need to eat, and what you need for your health is too much for him? Now you may say, yes, Brother Josh, amen a hundred times. It's not too much for him. And you go right through those doors saying, Oh my goodness, what am I going? you know, you start worrying. You worrying. We've all done it, and maybe we're all doing it this morning. But here's the fear about worrying so much. When you're worrying and, and having anxiety about the necessities of life, you are not thinking about, you're not thinking about living for the Lord. It's nowhere near your thinking. You're thinking about pursuing things for you. Things that you may think are necessities and are probably not. Here's a fun fact for you. You ready for this? Out of all of creation, humans are the only ones that worry. You ever thought about that? Out of all, I mean, every mammal, every insect, every bird, I mean, out of all that, humans are the ones that worry. Jesus gives us some examples here. And there's some top areas that you worry about. Money and the future, right? Debt, financial security, those things. Job security, relationships, and health. Those are the main things people worry about then. The main things people worry about now. But look at what Jesus gives this, uh, these examples. You look at verse 26, right? Behold the fowls of the air. What's that? The birds. You ever see any birds? Yeah? Well, they're still here today. God's still feeding them. Look, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. They're not out pushing the time clock nine to five. You know, they're, 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 they're not out tolling. They're not out sowing or reaping is what he's saying. Nor are they, you know, put, filling barns full of stuff like that rich man did. I he build more barns, build more barns, which therefore building more worry and anxiety in his life. And notice what he says about the fowls of the air. Your heavenly father does what to them? You know what that tells us? Listen to me. It's teaching us that no man that is faithful to his duty, God is going to allow to step into poverty and not have their needs met. The birds are doing exactly what the creators told them to do, right? All, the whole animal, all the animals, everything out in nature is doing exactly what the Creator has instructed or, or wired them to do. And they're doing it. And guess what? The Father's providing. The one thing, one thing that you can do that will, that will hinder you is God never commanded you to worry. God never commanded you to be full of anxiety. He never commanded you, as the Bible says, be full of care or be careful, right? What He commanded you to do is to trust me trust me it's amazing when you fully put your trust and put the weight on someone else's shoulders you're able to oh don't you love breathing everybody take just a big deep breath ready go won't that feel good yeah breathing and God wants you to do that with your daily living and, and you're working and providing for your family listen God is the provider you're just the steward. If you are worrying full of anxiety, you are misstewarding what you've already been given, and you're mis the health that he's given you. Stress kills people. And it's slowly killing you. You may look good right now, but let, let, let the calendar keep rolling on. Nobody wears stress and anxiety well for very long. You'll begin to see it. Anxiety is the most useless thing you can add to your life. It's useless. It's empty. It never adds to your life. Je- uh, Jeremiah Burroughs, he's one of the old Puritans, he said this, Our life is, is, is certainly in God's hand. All the care in this in the world will not make us continue a minute beyond the time which God has appointed. We cannot add one hour to our lives. Uh, we shall not die till our work is done. Worrying is simply you being irresponsible of you. You're a steward. What does the Bible say about stewardship? Be found what? Faithful. Faithful to following Him, not faithful to worrying and being anxious. All right? Tomorrow. How many of y'all are already thinking about tomorrow? You have to raise your hand, but I know you are. Sadly, when it's time to worship, you're thinking about tomorrow. Look at verse 34. Take therefore what's the next few words? No thought for the morrow, right? Take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow's going to be full of enough evil itself and, and and things to tempt you to worry and all. The, leave tomorrow there. Paul Chappell said it good once. He said, he said, worrying about tomorrow is like this. It's like taking tomorrow's clouds and covering up today's sunshine. I thought that's pretty good. And I've always remembered that. It's been several years since I've heard it. That's what it's doing. You are bringing your own clouds into your life. Right? God's giving you today. He's given you today. What a gift. You know, if someone... if If there was an heirloom handed down to you over the years, and it was a gift, you would protect that. You would make sure it was in pristine condition because it was so so valuable and precious. And maybe you've got some of those things in your... Hey, listen, God has gifted you with another breath, with today. And you're going to worry about tomorrow? You know what that says to God? I don't appreciate your gift. You can just take your gift back. If you worry long enough... He will. Your life will come to an end. Jeremiah Burroughs went on went on to say if tomorrow brings a cross, he will send it. He will send it um, and will send grace to bear it. I like that. If tomorrow brings a cross, don't worry about the cross. Don't worry about what you're gonna do for his glory, even if it brings pain or whatever. He'll bring the grace to bear the cross. Leave it there till you get there. Because here's the truth of the matter, you may die before it comes. Anybody know when they're going to leave this world? Nope, God does. Whether you've got an abundance or a few, He knows every hair on your head. Amen? So every hair I still have is precious to God, and I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Do you know who were... You come back, you think about tomorrow, your minds are on tomorrow, you're worrying about tomorrow. There's, there's one caveat there. But Then you look at verse 32. Let's come back to the present. It says there's things that these Gentiles are seeking after. They're worrying about, you know, um, the, the things of today. Okay? Do you, you know what he's saying? He said the only people that truly has a reason to worry and be full of anxiety, the ones that actually do that over chasing the necessities even more than the the necessities of today are the heathens. The ones that are without Jesus. The ones who does not know the touch or a relationship with a heavenly Father. They don't know what that's like. They're the ones that's stressing and worrying, full of care over the things of today. But you, dear friend, have a heavenly father who knows everything that you need. Everything that you need. Okay? The only thing they have is to focus on the worry and anxiety. But, dear friend, you have so much more. You've been given more knowledge and light about Jesus. Focus on him. And you'll find, you'll find, you'll let the secondary issues, the secondary, the the necessities just sort of drift off, right? You trust Him, follow Him, be obedient, and you'll find worry and anxiety can melt away. It truly can. You may not believe that, but I'm going to take Jesus' word over it than yours. And I would encourage you to quit le- uh, believing yourself or seeing someone else, look, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing that and they're still going on vacation. They're still having time. Are they Are they really? You can't believe everything you see on social media. Amen? So quit thinking you can serve two masters. Facebook's not the authority on that. Neither is Twitter, neither is Instagram, but God says you can't. You don't see the separation at home and the lack of relationship with the the husband and wife. You don't see the broken heart of their children when their parents aren't. You don't see that. You just see what people want you to see. God's saying, push all that aside and see what I'm telling you. Hear what I'm telling you. Pursue me, because I know what you need, and I'll always provide it. That really comes to this last part, is pursuing God's kingdom guarantees provision. Guarantees provision. All right? So you're not like the heathen. You're a believer. You're a child of God. You're not to be found worrying and being anxious over the necessities of life. Pursue the one who provides those. Contentment. You personally know the Father, and you have, listen to me, you have the power of choice to walk by faith and walk with contentment. You do. God's given you the choice to do that. Trust Him and be content. Let me give you some verses, and these are on the screen for for just the sake of time. Philippians 4.11. Notice this. Paul said this. Not that I speak in respect of one, for I have, what's the next word? Learn. So Listen. You're going to have to start surrendering to Him. You're going to have to learn this, if you've not learned it already, and get to that point. Okay? I have learned, and whatsoever said I am, therewith to be what? Content. So it's not going to be easy to be content, but it's going to be worth it. Less stress, less worry, less anxiety, being content. Hebrews thirteen five. Let your conversation or your life be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For He hath said, I will never what? Nor, the provider, the provider of the necessities. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never take my eyes off your needs. Never. Just because it's light lifting doesn't mean it's a uh, uh, doesn't mean that he's going to. Okay, I'll leave you alone for a while. I'll just. It's so light. I'll just forget about it. No, he pays attention. He knows your life. First Timothy six, verses six, seven, and eight. But godliness with what? Is great what? Gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing out. And, have, and having food and raiment, let us be therewith, and you said the last word, content. And none of us are doing that. I'll throw myself right in there too. Because every one of us has more than these things, don't we? not saying having more is wrong. If God, if God be a soul bid to give you more, then praise Him for it. What God, doesn't, what God does not want you to do is pursue these things just because someone else has them and He's not yet given you those things. Don't, because you're going to start worrying, being anxious, and drifting off from Him in your fellowship with Him as His child. Okay? Jesus gives us the remedy. You ready for it? I'm going to be quick. What's the remedy against an anxious spirit? Notice what He says. He says, Seek ye first. Did you see that? So what he's saying here is this. He's beginning with words of priority. Seek ye first. Pump the brakes and let that soak in. Seek ye first. Here's the first thing to seek. It's it's not your retirement. It's not anything else. Anything finance. No. Seek me. Seek me. My kingdom and my righteousness. Okay? So pay attention to what he's saying. Because what worrying has done, listen, you may not think this, but this is true. What worrying has done, it casts an irreverence toward God. And you're simply not recognizing God as, how, as being the life giver and life sustainer. It's simply a backhand to God. That's how big a statement that is. You may think, oh, it's not that. It's not that. It's just a, no, it's not. Yes, it is, it is irreverence. You're saying, I don't believe truly who you are. That's what worry and anxiety does. How many believes God deserves our utmost respect and love and pursuit? Then pursue the worry-less and less anxiety-filled life. In other words, seek Christ first. You know, first of all, we, we need to seek a place in His kingdom. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need to be in his kingdom, right? Pursue it in that sense first, right? And so repent and believe and put your faith and trust in Jesus because you're a sinner. He died and paid your debt and willing to save you if you put your faith and trust in him. And then you come to the believer. He's like, seek my kingdom. Seek my righteousness, right? So in other words, he's saying, he's talking about the concentration on doing God's will. What you need is a positive answer to a negative habit. That's what you need. And chasing more of the things that you think is going to alleviate the anxiety and worry, folks, you're just adding another negative into your life. Chasing the resource is not going to eliminate the problem. But pursuing the provider will eliminate. That is the positive answer. Pursue me, seek me, and all these things, all these things things that you need, that you worry about, that you're anxious about. All these things shall be added unto you. Do what I've done. Hey, work. by The sweat of your face, right? Work. we got to work. Don't be lazy. Work. Love your wife. Love your children. Worship. Give. All these things God has commanded you to do. I'm not saying go, well, God, or, uh, Brother Josh said I could sit on the couch and eat Cheetos the rest of my life. Just trust God and he'll provide. No, that's Ignorance. God will let you sit on the couch and run out of Cheetos, right? He'll let the the water get cut off and the electric cut off too. We're to work. We are to work with balance. Work is not our God. The retirement fund's not our God. Neither is our children or our wife or our husband our God. It is God. But if you follow God, you will love your wife, you will raise your children, you will bring them to church, you will give, you will work hard, you will have the perspective. He does. You'll have his heart. That's what we need. More stuff is not the answer. We need to make life less about me and more about him. Self-denial. Some of, you have not, some of us have not learned the first lesson in, in Jesus' school. It's called self-denial. Just because they have it doesn't mean I have to have it. Just because it's available doesn't mean I have to work all the extra overtime just so I can have it and be away from my family. You don't have to have, neither do I have to have a lot of things I have. Are you with me? I know it hurts going, it hurts, hey, it hurts coming out as much as it hurts digesting. So I'm just saying, I'm right there with you. But this is true self-denial. If there's any good with wealth or any good thing about health, it's because those things are given reverence to God. Not just making, not just pursuing your comfort or what your body likes. Okay? It's about they give reverence to God. If there's any good about any of those things at all, it's because you allow those to give reverence to God. Jeremiah Burroughs went on to say, he said, All creatures in the world say contentment Is not in us. Riches say contentment is not in me. Pleasure says contentment is not in me. If you look for contentment. In the creature. You will fail. No. no. Contentment is higher. If you keep pursuing things down here. That's where all worry and anxiety is. You're going to stay filled with anxiety and worry. But if you want to escape those things. Contentment is. Is vertical, not horizontal. Because the human flesh never has enough. Always wants more or less, more. But dear friend, there's some things you can't handle. Amen? But God desires you to pursue Him. Be content in Him. The higher life, not pursuing the lower things. Because here's the thing, catch this. And I'm, I'm coming to the close. I'll give you one last verse, and we'll, we'll have an invitation. No matter how poor you are, God has allowed this thought, these, these absolute necessities of life to be at your disposal. No matter how poor you are. I mean, you don't get much poorer than the widow and her son going to make a, a, a couple cakes and die. You don't get much poorer than that. And guess what, God, he brought, one, he brought Elijah by, didn't he not? And she never ran out. She pursued God. She put anxiety and worry aside and just pursued him. We find when you seek him, his kingdom first, the provision is promised. Do you believe that? Well, time will tell. We'll see if you can come off your anxiety meds or your worry meds or all those things. Listen to me. God is the antidote of removing worry and anxiety. It is, it is him. Can I tell you this too? An idle mind is a mind ready to worry, and be full of anxious, be full of anxiety. An idle mind. An idle mind will find himself on the scroll of Facebook. Look what everybody's got. An idle mind will be looking at all the other material things. Can I encourage you, fill your heart and mind with the things of God and you won't have time to fill your mind with the very things that has filled you with anxiety and worry today. Amen? If you don't believe me, try it. Try it. When we finally grasp that this world is not our home, Amen? You'll start purging worrying and anxiety out. This is not your Home, you're a citizen of heaven. If you're born again, you're a child of the King. This is not your home. Quit worrying over the things that is not your home. The Psalmist says, "This is the verse I told you I would give, and we would have a song of invitation." So, brother Eddie, sister Arby, come on. Psalm, listen to me. Psalm one, nineteen, verse nineteen. Listen, the Psalmist says, "I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me." You know what he's saying? He's saying, God, this is not my home. I'm going to trust you with my food, with my clothing, with what my children need. In other words, give me your commandments and I'll pursue you first because this place down here is not my home. Tell me what you you want me to do with my life and I will pursue you first and foremost. That's a person that will live with peace and joy in their life. Isn't that what you really want? Dear Christian, believer, you're a child of the most high, powerful God, the one true, living God. Will you truly go out these doors this morning, pursuing more of the things that are destroying your life with worry and anxiety? Let's all stand to our feet for just a moment. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm sorry if you'll just start playing softly.